From Seattle, I'm Zach Jabal, and this is a Vine Pair Podcast Conversation. We're bringing you these conversations between our regular podcast episodes in order to give you a better picture of how the COVID-19 crisis is impacting all parts of the business, as well as to provide a bit of hope and a path forward for all of us. Today, I'm talking with Jeffrey Borgenthaler, bar manager at the nationally acclaimed Clyde Common in Portland, Oregon. Jeff, how you doing? I'm good. That's, that's, you know, that's good. How are you? <laughs> given, given everything. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's, it's all right. You know, like, like everyone has kind of come to grips with this is sort of the new normal. And I think probably f- I, we'll get into this in a moment, but, but I think, you know, one of the big questions now that's I'm starting to have is, as some places, some parts of the country are kind of starting to reopen a little bit is kind of like, what are people like you and me, you know, bartenders, sommeliers, et cetera, you know, what are we going to do? So, so what are you doing right now? Like what, what's, what's a day in the, the life of Jeffrey Morgenthaler look like at the moment? Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to, it's so funny. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to like say, but I, I'm just going to say it anyway, I've been like just basically volunteering my time down at the restaurant and trying to, we have a plan to try to get it back open in a very different way. And I've been going down there just because I love the bar and I care about the bar and I want there to be jobs for my team. And so I don't really have anything to do at home. I don't like being idle. And so I'm down there kind of doing construction and and helping out trying to get the place back open. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. So, so I've read a little bit, and maybe some of our listeners have seen some of the coverage about what um, Clyde Common is going to kind of seemingly morph into as it gets set to reopen. But can you kind of give a little bit of uh, of detail? Yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit, I guess. Um, we're gonna we're gonna sort of do it in phases. We're gonna split the space into. There's going to be um, a real kind of like grab and go, also like order and pick up order and delivery kind of like market concept with, you know, we're going to sell, we're going to sell like as much stuff as we can, um, whether that's wine or if we can finally get the Oregon government to acquiesce to us selling uh, pre-made cocktails and things like that. We're going to sell, you know, anything and everything that we can in the hopes that when Oregon lets us open the bar side, in some capacity, it's going to be super limited at first because we're going to have to spread people out. I will be there slinging drinks. Yeah, <laughs> when that happens, you know that is all. All I want to do is is work and get back to work and have jobs for my people that I care so so much about. So um, yeah, we're just like doing what we think is uh, going to work and what's best, and we're just keeping our fingers crossed and going from there. Yeah. So. You know, you mentioned the sort of challenge that you guys are you're having in Oregon in terms of getting the permission to sell. You know, I don't know if you can sell whole bottles of spirits. Like in here in Washington, they relatively recently made it possible for places to sell to go drinks. But so that still is not as of as of the time of recording of this, at least it's not legal in in Oregon to do that. It's not legal in Oregon, and the the um, our ABC, which is called the Oregon uh, Liquor Control Commission. Um, they're on board with it. It's been kind of roadblocked in uh, at the state level by the recovery people, the, the the folks who lobby to have alcohol less available because they're advocates for uh, people who are in recovery. 
let, let's talk a little bit about what what you think is going to happen in the in the maybe the short to medium term because I think long term is really hard for all of us to predict and we can we can talk about that a little bit later but but as you get maybe a little closer to to opening some form of a bar at Clyde Common again what do you expect that to look like you know do you expect it to be you know far fewer bar stools and much less I guess frankly busy because you're not permitted to be like what what are you envisioning yeah a, a much more flexible space architecturally um much less prescribed from a f- you know that's from a that's from a kind of an architectural level from a um functionality standpoint i think we've all been witnessing the fast casual model coming up you know in the rearview mirror for the past 10 years and I think that now that model is is kind of what uh, a lot of bars and restaurants need to kind of pivot to because, you know, quite frankly, we just don't have, while it's really nice to have like a, a cool host at the host stand come and show you to your table, that is proving to be a very like expendable position, right? Unfortunately, a lot of those positions, you know, like um, servers, hosts, pastry chefs as we talked about like you know i think a lot of those positions that aren't like generating revenue uh in the in the like you know taking money like i'm back there making a drink and taking your money right but a host is not they're they're kind of part of a larger experience and i I think that restaurant bars just can't afford that experience anymore do you sense that there's going to be more interest then if, if you're kind of in this in this I don't know, kind of fast casual model on the one hand, but also this sort of like, you know, I don't know, I guess maybe just a more limited number of people in. Is that, is there some possible benefit? I mean, I've certainly been to the bar at Clyde Common a number of times. And sometimes when you're in there, it's, you know, it's a madhouse. It's, it's super busy and super crazy. And that's great. And I think, you know, you probably have the times when you love that, that vibe. But I think like, like a lot of bartenders, you probably also kind of enjoy it when it's a little quieter and you can not only spend more time on a drink, but also just more time with guests. Is there, is there some part of you that thinks like a more controlled uh, experience is going to be more enjoyable? I mean, for, for me, definitely more enjoyable. I mean, like we all say, you know, it, it, it Clyde and, and actually, you know, most of the places that I've worked have been like super busy. And we always say that like, you know, everybody's favorite shifts are like Sunday and Monday, right? Because it's like, I mean, you know, like you get more time with the guests, you get kind of like, I mean, on you know, when the, when the place is packed like that, it's great for revenue, but it's also like, you know, you're just basically just a drink machine throwing alcohol into people's mouths. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but but the the downside of that it's it's not more it's not necessarily more enjoyable for the guests. Like people want to like congregate and come together and be in loud crazy bars. Yeah, you know, and especially after this. But the the, the good news is like this isn't permanent. I mean, it's going to last for like a really long time. But like this idea that like restaurants and bars are never going to be the same is bullshit. It's just going to take a really long time. And we have to like change. We have to change the architecture. We have to change the style of service. We have to change even style of the things that we're selling. But like, it's not like bars aren't going to exist. Bars have existed for like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Like it's, this isn't going to wipe them out. So let's look at this from the the side, uh, as you mentioned before, of, of the sort of um, 
shift workers, bartenders, barbacks, you know, maybe the sadly endangered hosts and servers and things like that. You know, what what do you see from your position as having worked in the industry for for quite a while now? What are some changes that could be made maybe at an individual restaurant level, but certainly at a broader level that could make the industry more sustainable because I think that's one part of the conversation that, that that's you know that people are having but but you know there's so much focus on getting things open again and and just totally personalized just from my personal perspective there's a lot of the conversation is is necessarily focused it on or not necessarily is focused on people who own restaurants own bars it's about how do they get their business back open again but there hasn't been nearly as much conversation about all the people who work in those uh properties and and who not only lack a job at the moment for most for most of them, but also, you know, have been the, the sort of uh, position of, um, you know, real insecurity that they've existed in for a long time, myself included, uh, is being has been exposed by this crisis. So do you have any thoughts about what can be done to make this industry more viable for the for the average shift worker? God, it's like, uh, that's such a, um, it's such a much larger topic about how we treat people who work with their hands in this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like a much larger, it's just a symptom of a much, much larger problem about how much we care about not, and not just restaurant workers, but everybody that does uh, a job that's not, you know, working on a fucking website or, you know, just uh, investment banker or some shit like that. Like, and, and this is what you get, you know, like when we, like, when we don't take care of people um, that, that work with their hands, then we're surrounded by a bunch of unemployed. It's, it's, it's like, it's just a, um, I, I don't have the answer. I mean, every, we all know what the answer is, right? Like, yeah. Um, just, you know, nobody wants to, fucking do that nobody wants to take care of people yeah yeah sadly it's just like that's the cultural thing in this country like nobody cares yeah (laughs) it is that is hard to argue with in the especially in the current moment yeah on that on a on a possibly equally depressing note oh good good yeah yeah i was hoping we could just really tank this entire conversation yeah i'm curious you know again maybe just from your own sense of things obviously there is something that's there's some number of things that are lost in translation when you make it to go cocktail versus when you get to serve the drink to someone in person and and some of that's maybe just you know not just the ambiance but you know you're not making it to order exactly so it's got to sort of be portable it's got to be able to survive the transit and and be recreated in someone's home but you know is it satisfying if you've made them like do you think it will be satisfying in the the way that making a great cocktail is i assume quite satisfying to you is it is making a you know 500 of them and putting them in jars going to feel like a very different kind of job oh no we've been doing that forever <laughs> that's true batching is not a new thing batching's not a new thing i mean we started barrel aging cocktails in 2009 we started bottling carbonated cocktails in 2000 I don't know, 10 or something like that. Like, we, you know, we make, we pre-batch a lot of the ingredients. I, we, we, this is not, this is not like junior college art class for us. We don't have, everything's not like some sort of like creation that we, <laughs> you know, we just like, we, we all really enjoy making good drinks. And if we do it, um, if we make one at a time or if we make 60 at a time, it's really, as long as they taste great, we don't, there's no like, ego or pride or like 
in fact, I think those places, the places that are going to be hurting the most because they just can't wrap their heads around like not being treated as like artists for their uh, amazing creations. You know, like we just don't look at drinks like that. We look at drinks as delicious objects for you to put in your mouth. So speaking of what, uh, what have you been drinking lately? What, what have you been occupying your time with, uh, in, in the, the time you're not spending building, <laughs> building a new bar? Oh, uh, very little, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not really a big drinker anymore. And uh, so I, you know, maybe once a week, I'll have a little wine. And that's, that's pretty much all I try to keep it to, you know, I'm not like, making cocktails at home. And I'm not like, having happy hours out in friends backyards with bunches of margarita. And I'm like, I, I just don't, I'm just not like a huge drinker. But I do think I've seen some stuff from you, uh, like some maybe it's just recipes that never quite saw the light of day. Like, like you've been putting some stuff out on your website and whatnot that that seems like I don't know if you're maybe they're already established, but but I'm I, or just things you'd already dis- come up with and never had a venue for. But but maybe you can mention one or two of those. Yeah, I just put up um, uh, a Pedro Jimenez sherry mudslide uh, blended mudslide on my website that, um, I've been thinking about for a long time because I mean, it's just like, I have more time to like post things on the website. I'm like, Oh, that I should, I should like make that and take a picture of it and, uh, pop the recipe up there, you know, because I know that there are a lot of people who are really enjoying bartending at home. And, you know, I do always have things that I want to share in that space. So that's been kind of fun. Uh, and then I did get to, I get, I did get to drink. I made it for the photo. I did get to drink a third of it. So I had two friends out in the, out on the front porch and, uh, we each, we each had a third of a Pedro Jimenez Sherry mudslide. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it was my guilty pleasure. Yeah. I have to say, I saw that recipe the other day and, and I was like, man, this is not what I would typically think of making for myself. But yeah. then I was like, what pot, do I have a bottle of Pedro Jimenez Sherry? Turns out the answer is yes. So, uh, that's gonna that's gonna have to happen sooner or later. My 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 wife will probably not complain if that's dessert one night. So oh, you really should. And Pedro Jimenez is one of those things that like you know it's a good sign if you have a bottle. It's also a good sign that you don't have a bottle because it means you drank it all because it really is like the most <laughs> delicious golden like liquid on the planet. I love yeah, it it's special so stuff. Much. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, if people are interested, what's the what, what's the website? JeffreyMorgenthaler.com. Um, good luck spelling that. Just well, we'll link to it in the description. Okay. So you don't have to. <laughs> I was gonna say, just Google everything you know about me. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to spell it when I'm uh, when I'm putting the episode together, but we'll manage. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so yeah, thanks so much for your time, and uh, we will we'll check back in when uh, maybe Clyde Common is getting set to reopen in some fashion, because I'll be super curious to hear how things are going with with whatever you guys are able to do. Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Super exciting. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you, Zach. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now, for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Erica Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Vinepair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the Vinepair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.